Lecture topic. Superhighways. والله أخرجكم من بطون أمهاتكم لا تعلمون شيئا وجعل لكم السمع والأبصار والأفئدة لعلكم تشكرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أحب البلاد إلى الله مساجدها وأبغض البلاد إلى الله أسواقها أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and the child is born and there is no being that can be able to make this happen it's only the will of Allah otherwise it is beyond human ability that a person is taken through all that the child is taken through all those phases and allowed to be born in that manner Allah has made that happen but then together with that Allah says La ta'alamuna shay'a When the child is born is born in this condition La ta'alamuna shay'a You know nothing Absolutely nothing The child is unaware of anything Let alone unaware of things Of how things are to be done And what's going on around the world But he can't even do anything for himself He has no idea of how to do anything La ta'alamuna shay'a and then specifically from the entire human body and every aspect that is in this human being is purely the gift of Allah and everything is a great na'mat and bounty of Allah so from head to toe we are covered in billions of bounties each limb itself is a combination of we cannot imagine how many bounties so in any case Allah says that Allah brought you out in this manner that you have no idea about anything but then there are three limbs, three organs that are then described that are mentioned Allah granted you blessed you with sight and gave you a heart and then Allah says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ So that you may be grateful to Allah. Now from all the limbs of the body, these three have been highlighted. And these have been mentioned as very special favors, very great blessings. The hearing, the sight, and the heart. Then this person comes into the dunya, and he starts living his life, and he was supposed to be fulfilling that, what has been mentioned at the end of this ayat لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ be living in this gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for these bounties by using them the way Allah Ta'ala is pleased with so during his lifetime again 
another ayat keeps reminding him wallahu anshaakum wallahu alladhi anshaa lakum as-sam'a wal-absara wal-afida qalilan ma tashkurun allah tala is the being wallazi anshaa lakum as-sam'a who granted you your hearing you know for your whole life now you're listening so many things you are looking at so many things and you are absorbing things in your heart and mind but qalilan ma tashkurun how ungrateful you are very very little gratitude this was what he supposed to have talked about so little gratitude and then Allah Ta'ala reminds us again that the day of Qiyamah is coming also when the day of Qiyamah comes inna sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad kullu ulaika ka'ana anhu muskula again the same three limbs are specifically highlighted that the day of Qiyamah is coming don't think everything is fizzled out into the air whatever I spoke, whatever I looked at, whatever I heard it's all past, it's just gone in the air no, inna sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad verily your hearing, your sight and your heart all this will be questioned about in the day of Qiyam so from the first ayat again Allah Ta'ala says that you came into this dunya knowing nothing you have no idea of anything but Allah Ta'ala blessed you with these three faculties of hearing of sight and the heart which is the seat of thinking which is the seat of this intelligence of man the mind processes it the seat of it is in the heart it is by means of these three faculties that the person then starts learning without these three faculties he can't learn anything if the child Allah Prophet was born deaf then he won't be able to speak also he'll be mute because he learns to speak by listening if he is hard of hearing Allah Ta'ala protect us he will be mute also, he won't be able to speak if the person is blind and deaf then it is almost impossible to teach him anything if he can still see teach him how to communicate with sign language but if he doesn't have the faculty of hearing and the faculty of sight then how do you teach him anything? the person has the hearing and sight but that heart is unable to absorb that understanding then too he will be hardly able to understand anything so these three great nammas and bounties of Allah Taala, these are the bounties by which a person learns, he absorbs, he understands he sees something in the heart and mind process that and then he understands something out of it and then that gets converted into some kind of knowledge and then that knowledge gets applied in day to day life, in whatever situation so now those concepts that became now a part of his understanding are then now used to some skill he acquired in his business, in his day to day life all this is part of this process but this is due through these great blessings and bounties of Allah Ta'ala so Allah Ta'ala is saying that look you are here hearing, you are looking and you are learning through this but remember the day of Qiyamah is coming the day of Qiyamah is coming, you are going to be questioned about all this what you looked at, what you listened to, what you absorbed into that heart because the sight and the hearing these are the super highways directly to the heart beyond the super highways, they are instant transportation whatever the person saw, gets the, immediately the image gets imprinted on his heart what he hears affects his heart and then 
what he has heard, what he has seen, he will start speaking also, that speaking also affects his heart. What he keeps speaking about, that starts getting deeper into his heart. But the primary thing is, he'll talk about what he saw, he'll talk about what he heard. If a child has never ever heard a vulgar word in his life, he won't speak such a word, because he never heard it. But, sometimes the child is also blurting out vulgarities. So now you don't know where you learn this from. He said, no, I heard so and so saying it. Sometimes he heard somebody outside the house, sometimes, sometimes he heard somebody inside the house. So as a result now they're coming onto his tongue. It came from where? What he heard. He's sometimes behaving in a certain way. Why are you doing this? Well, he saw something. He saw something, now he's mimicking that what he saw. He's replaying that which he saw because that was imprinted on his heart. That now became part of his behavior. Allah so, I think, remember, all this we are going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. But the very important aspect that we learn from this is that it is the hearing and the sight priority, the impact on the heart. And therefore, there's so much of emphasis in deen, in the Quran, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah that a person keeps himself in environments which are conducive to protecting the heart. And what's going to be that environment where he will see good, where he will hear good? Then that's what will be absorbed in the heart. And if he's in an environment where that environment is now not conducive to that dictate of Iman, not conducive to what is going to bring that closeness to Allah Ta'ala in his heart, what's going to bring that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, then such an environment is going to be very, very damaging, harmful, destructive. Because that environment, he can't escape the effects of that environment. He's going to end up seeing something. He's going to end up listening to something. So these are the faculties that are the means of absorbing things into the heart. And these faculties get affected by the environment. In the Hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, أَحَبُّ الْبِلَادِ إِلَى اللَّهِ among the most beloved, and the most beloved of all places on earth, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, are the masajid, the houses of Allah Taala, and the most detested of all places, Abu Biladi Allah, Aswakwa, the marketplaces, the malls, the shopping places. So now this is detested. So does it mean that it is impossible that a person should ever walk into such a place? Well, if he's got his business there, he's got his job there, he's got some needs there, he goes. Meaning of all permissible places, the most detested are the marketplaces. Haram places are not the question. Haram places won't feature in the life of a Muslim. That's why that is not even considered here. This is referring to where it is permissible to go. If a place is impermissible, it's a vice den, it's some gambling place, it's some place of zina, it's some place of some other evil and vice. There's no question about going there. A mu'min doesn't go anywhere near there. But you think caution in the look, you're going to have your need, but remember this is the most detested of all places to Allah Ta'ala. Why? Because that environment is very different. In the masjid, if the person came by mistake also, he might have come for example to do some maintenance in the masjid. He didn't come for salah. But now he came in the masjid to do some maintenance work, and suddenly the azan was called, the suddenly they walking in, the namaz, salah starts, 99 or 100, the person has imam. Even if he wasn't planning to perform his Zohar Salah Allah Khabar, which is such a major sin. But now being in the masjid, 99 or 100, he's going to join the Salah. Because he's in the masjid, he's observing Salah. 
He's going to see somebody making tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, that very sight of somebody holding the Qur'an Sharif in his heart, he's going to bring some remembrance of Allah that I his heart also. So this is the Qur'an Sharif the person is reading. Qur'an Sharif is the book of Allah. He's going to see somebody with a tasbih in his hand, some subhanallah will cross his mind also. Because this becomes a reminder for him. So the masjid is such a place that even if a person came back mistake also, it will still bring him some step closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this is the most beloved of all places to Allah Ta'ala. And the bazaar, even the person with the tasbih gets distracted. Because the tasbih is ample, and sometimes he's reading astaghfirullah also, and he forgot where he is, and he forgot what he's looking at. And he's involved in making zina of the eye, but he still can't even do that astaghfirullah also. So the problem became the environment. This is how much of emphasis there is, that a person keeps himself in the correct environment. He keeps himself far away from environments that are environments of sin, of evil. And this is highlighted in so many ahadith of Rasulullah mm-hmm. that these environments have one is the very very harmful impact effect that it has on the heart of a mu'min. But these environments draw down the wrath of Allah. Sometimes it can become such an environment where the wrath of Allah Ta'ala comes very visibly. And sometimes it will happen closer to time in such a way that it will become so visible that this was purely the environment. In one hadith, Nabi Salaam says, a time will come. A time will come, Yaghzu Jaishul Ka'aba. That an army will march to try and go and destroy the Ka'aba Sharif. From wherever they will march, and the objective will be to go and destroy the Kaaba city. Now they are marching from a far off place and coming. And now because there is a big army going, so some others will jump on as well. Somebody because he wanted the lift. Somebody because there is a business opportunity here. Oh, people have to eat something, they have to you know, buy something, so now there is a chance now to do something. So in any case, many others will just join along, but not with that objective that this army is going for. Maybe if Allah says, فَإِذَا كَانُوا لِبَيْضَاءَ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ As they bring along, they'll come through an open piece of land somewhere. As they are passing this open field, huge open field, يُخْسَفُ بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ Every last one of that person, of that group, all those who are together in that place in that army, every one of them would be swallowed up into the earth. The Sahaba were a bit surprised and they said, Yuhsafu bi awwalihim wa akhirihim Kaifa yuhsafu bi awwalihim wa akhirihim wa fihim aswaquhum wa man laysa minhum How come every one of them, the last person among them will get swallowed up into the earth meaning as a punishment whereas not every single person there had the same objective the bulk of them were going to destroy the Kaaba Sharif but there were those who were just jumped along Somebody for some business opportunity, something for somebody else, somebody for something else. The Prophet says, when that azab comes, everybody will get swallowed up. Then somebody asuna ala niyatihim. On the day of Qiyamah, those who have the evil objective, they will be put aside and dealt with accordingly. Those who didn't have that evil objective will be treated differently. They will be pardoned for us. But in the world when that azab comes, it will take everybody. Then if somebody didn't have that objective, he wasn't there for that purpose, he wasn't part of that evil and vile, 
This is the effect of that environment, that company that a person put himself in. That environment becomes so detrimental, so harmful. That Allah forbid that Azab lingered. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was on his way to Tabuk with a very, very huge group of Sahaba, 30,000 of them, and they were going to Tabuk. And on the way they had to pass by the ruins of the people of Samur, the nation of the Salih Ali Salatu Salam, upon whom the Adab had come, that nation was destroyed. Salih Salatu Salam had invited them to Allah Ta'ala for a long period of time that they just rejected. And eventually they were destroyed. So they were destroyed thousands of years prior to that, prior to Rasulullah's coming to dunya. And that destruction happened, the people were totally destroyed, but the ruins were still there. That place was uninhabited, people used to travel past, so because this was en route to their journey, they would pass by, they were well there, so the wells were active because water was a very scarce thing. People passing by any well, they would draw water. So the wells were active. So when the Sahaba passed by, many of them went and drew the water out of these wells. So they were going on, they were going ahead. They had nothing to do with the place. But this was just now, they going through the town, which is in ruins. Rasulullah was further behind, or rather behind, and some had already now come because such a huge army. So as the Vislaw approached, he was informed this is what has transpired. Some people already had come ahead and they used the water of this well, they drew out the water. They had used the water to need to, to make the dough already. They used it to prepare the dough, to make the bread. And they filled the water into their containers to take along. Rasulullah gave the instruction discard the water. That those that had already been prepared, discard that as well. Then Nabi Sallallahu gave the instruction, لا تدخلوا مساكن الذين ظلموا أنفسهم إلا أن تكونوا باقين أن يصيبكم مثل ما أصابه That look you are going to pass through, you pass through this place with the azab of Allah Ta'ala came once upon a time. Over a thousand years prior. But don't enter this place, don't go past here also. Except that you are in fear. You are crying. If your eyes can't cry, let your heart cry. Mm. Why? Out of fear that that azab and punishment that came upon them should not befall you also, because you passed into a place that was inhabited by people of vice, who were destroyed by this azab. So that was done, that happened so many centuries prior. And despite that, Nabi Islam is giving this warning. Then he had to pass as well. Because that was the rules. So how did he pass? It is mentioned in the Rewite of Bukhari Sharif. So Makanna He was mounted on his camel or horse. He covered his head with his shawl. Because even by chance he was around. Often sometimes there's a what we call natural disaster. Nothing is just uh, coincidental, all these things happen by the will of Allah. But now there's some disaster somewhere, we go for sightseeing. People go overseas to places of where they were, they go to the Dead Sea and go to places out of sightseeing, like a tourist destination. 
The beast doesn't want to see also what's going on there. He covered his head with his, Mubarak's head with his shawl. فَأَسْرَعَتْ سَيْرُ And in a very quick pace, he crossed past this area to get out of there in haste. Imagine Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being the Nabi of Allah being and sinless, being the personality with whom the direct help of Allah was with him, who the assistance of the angels were with him, but he didn't want to pass through this place in a heedless manner. He covered his Mubarak head with his shawl and he races out of here. And this is that message Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam don't get into even this area, this is an environment. The environment where Azad came. Because it was an environment of vice. So how important it is that a movement keeps himself in the right environment. In this time of the year, where people call it as the time that is approaching, they call it the silly season. And any person who is having silly will take offense. But they name the whole season silly. Because people take leave of their intelligence. They leave their intelligence back at home, whoever, because now they're going into the silly season to holiday somewhere. So now they behave in that manner. And all kinds of sin and vice abounds. In the midst of all that vice and sin and nudity and whatever else, now a mu'min puts himself in the midst of all that. He's in some beach, he's in some river, and in some holiday destination. There's all kinds of sin and vice. People are just in the worst kind of, they are, you can't call it dressing. And whatever else goes on, and all the evils and filth that takes place, what becomes the end result of the iman of a person that has now spent time in such an environment and then on top of that in a very casual manner whereas Rasulullah gave this instruction don't even pass here heedlessly pass here in hate pass here in fear what becomes the end result of the iman of a person his heart how many times a person has gone for some in some place of this nature after a few days only he comes back and he says I don't know what happened to me I was making my fight and salah regularly, suddenly I can't even make any salah. Or somebody says I was making one part of tilawa daily, I can't even read one ayah daily. I was making so much zikr and tasbihah daily, I can't do anything. And my heart is only inclined to every vital sin. And I'm battling to try and keep myself away from looking at haram, from doing other things. What happened to me? So what happened to you? Well, what, what happened? What changed? Well, the only thing is I just went for a few days somewhere. But that is what turned the whole heart upside down. The whole heart was turned upside down and as a result all the good inclinations, all the righteous deeds that were a person's part of his life, everything was turned upside down. Everything was capsized. The whole heart was emptied from it all. And now that emptied heart was filled with the darkness of whatever the environment was, intense, light attracts light. The darkness is being attracted by the darkness of the vices and sins. So this environment is a very, very crucial thing where we keep ourselves, where we go, what we do. Mu'min, his greatest concern is protecting the greatest wealth of Allah has tested the wealth of Iman. And for the protection of the wealth of Iman, among the many things, one very crucial thing is his environment. The kind of environment he keeps, the kind of company he keeps. Al-Maru ala bini khalilihi, fal-yandur ahadukum may yukhalil. Nabi Islam says the person will be like his friend. He'll follow the way of his friend. He'll follow the habits and the the manner and the deed of his friend also. Beware of who you befriend, because that has become your environment. Allah Taala give us a topic that we always keep ourselves in the correct environments and whatever sacrifices are required, minor sacrifices of some kind of so-called fun and enjoyment and excitement, but 
the benefit would be that our iman would be protected and Allah forbid if suddenly the angel of death has to come and we are in such a place what would be our condition? how would we face Allah ta'ala? by saying out of these environments inshallah we have every hope that Allah ta'ala will take us in a condition that He is pleased with us Allah ta'ala give us the topic